0: This is Pastor Andrea Ellis, and I just want to personally welcome you to the Destiny Faith Church podcast. I'm so happy you're with us today. I trust the word of God will inspire you. So please open your heart and enjoy the word. We laid down a lot of principles as we came into this lesson. This lesson is found in the Synoptic Gospel. You can find it in Matthew, Mark, and in Luke. Luke is a great physician, and I love Luke's perspective. So oftentimes, I like to go to Luke, but I'm going to toggle back and forth between Luke and Mark to pick up some principles. We started off talking about how Jesus commanded the disciples to get in the boat and to go on to the other side. As they were going on to the other side, side they encountered a great windstorm the wind began to beat in the boat and and they thought that they were going to perish to the degree they said Jesus get up don't you care we all about to die and Jesus rebuked the wind and the wave declaring peace be still and they continued over to the other side when the Lord is taking us over to the other side we may encounter some storms in life but we have to know who is on board with us who is on board with us the Lord spoke a word to me the other day and I hope it makes sense to you the way that I'm going to say it to you we all we always know that God is omnipresent he is always present with us right he's always never leave us never forsake us right but the question is, are we always present with him? He's always present with us, never leaving us, never forsaking us. But are we always present with him? Do we sometimes leave him? Do we sometimes forsake him? I'm just throwing that out for good measure because we still shattering patterns. Up in here. Then we went on to learn about when he got over to the other side. He went with a purpose, and that was to minister to the madman of Gadara, the the crazed man of the Gadarenes. And I'm just going to pick up a little bit of, of this um, this story just to kind of help us to understand what was happening. It said when he had come out of the boat, immediately the man ran to him ran to him and fell down to his feet and worshiped him. How does a crazy demon-possessed man run to Jesus? Demons don't run to Jesus. Demons run away from Jesus, which leads me to believe that the man was apprehended by an unclean, a lewd spirit, a perversion spirit that grabbed him and gripped him to the degree that it almost choked out his praise. So my question was, how in the world did the man get, how do you have sense enough to worship yet and still this spirit can grab a hold of you? I believe as I've studied about this madman of Gadara, I believe that, even though he had been shattering patterns, even though he had been um, breaking out of things and, and, and killing bad habits and things like that, perhaps he was going back here and there and entertaining those things that God delivered him from. Oftentimes we use those bad habits and those things as coping mechanisms when the heat gets hot. When we're really going through, then we go back to other things to help us to cope with the pressure. He did this a time too many to where he, there was a gateway, there was a portal, there was an opening for not just one spirit to come in, but many So I want to remind you, as we're shattering patterns, don't go back and look for things that you used to gratify, the things that helped you go over. Don't go back to the stuff that God delivered you from. Because that's a portal and that's a gateway for all kinds of lascivious living to the degree that that thing had him, it had him grip. It had him gripped, and he was trying to get free. And every time he tried to get free, that thing that he was supposed to shatter kept pulling him back because it had a strong grip on him. But what I love about the word of God, we see that Jesus cast that devil out of him, and the man was found fully clothed, clothed in his right mind. In other words, his brain was delivered. His brain was delivered from that perversion. The scripture tells me, let me find it over here. It says in 35 of Luke chapter 8, when they, after the people came back, after they talked about how Jesus had cast the devil out of the man and and the demons went into the swine, the swine cast themselves in the lake and drowned themselves. When they went back to see what happened, they came to Jesus and they found the man from whom the demons had departed sitting at his feet. He was learning now. He was learning how to overcome. He was learning to fight the good fight of faith. He was learning how to do those things. He was learning how to overcome. When they found the man whom the demons had departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed in his right mind, and he was clothed in his right mind, his mind was delivered. The crazy thing about this is that the people get, became seized with fear when they saw it because they knew how crazy the man was. They knew how mad the man was, how how uncontrollable the man was. He was like a wild beast, and when they saw that he was clothed in there, in his right mind, they told Jesus, go, leave here. This is too much glory for us. The, the light is shining too bright for us. So let's go over, let's drop down to verse 40. This is where I'm trying to go for my story. For today, my lesson for today. So it was when Jesus returned that the multitude welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was the ruler of the synagogue. And he fell down at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house. For he had an only daughter about 12 years of age, and she was dying. But as Jesus went, the multitudes thronged him. It was a mob. It was a a crowd of people, so many people. Have you ever been in a crowd of people? The crowd pushes you along. It was a mob of people. The multitudes thronged him. Now, A woman having a flow of blood for 12 years who had spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any came from behind and touched the border or the hem of his garment. And immediately her flow of blood stopped. And Jesus said, who touched me? Who touched me? When all denied Peter and John's were with them say master the multitude strong impressed you and you say who touched me but Jesus said somebody touched me that touch right there was different for I perceived power going out from me now when the woman saw that she was not hidden she came trembling and falling down before him she declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately and he said to her daughter be of good cheer your faith has made you well now go in peace hmm we see here a before and an after, just like we deal with the madman of Gadara. We saw him in his crazed, lunatic state, and then we saw his mind delivered. He was sitting with Jesus, clothed in his right mind. Jesus went all the way across the sea to deliver that man, and he came back because he had another assignment to deliver this woman. As we're walking through this Story. we see how these people welcomed him. The other people say, Jesus, get out of here. Your glory is too much. And these people were were waiting. This is what I've been waiting for. This is my moment in time. And they begin to press into Jesus because I need you to really get a revelation that there's a blessing in pressing. They begin to press into Jesus. Now, in the middle of them pressing into Jesus because they were glad that Jesus had come back, Here comes somebody that they knew he was a well-known leader, ruler of the synagogue. Everybody knew who Jairus was, but they didn't know that he was a follower of Jesus. So this was newsworthy. This notable, reputable man now is getting in the press, and because of who he is, I can only imagine that they begin to let him come past. Because, of course, he was Jairus, the ruler of the synagogue. But what was amazing to them is by the time he got to Jesus, him, just like the lunatic man, fell down at Jesus' feet. They both had enough sense to worship and begged him to come to his house. For he had an only daughter about 12 years of age, and she was dying. So we have to surmise from this story that this little girl had a long-standing illness. This illness that had probably been from birth—a long-standing illness. Now it is coming; it is getting so far advanced in her life. She's at the point of death. Now, as Jesus was turning to go to Jairus's house. This woman, this unsuspecting woman, they don't even call her by her name. They just call her the issue woman, the woman with an issue. So for today's, today's lesson, as we talk about there's a blessing and pressing. I'm just going to give her a name, Isha. So as Isha heard that Jesus was coming, she heard that he could heal. No doubt she heard that he had delivered this mad man of Gadir. You know if somebody that kind of crazy, news of that person's crazy has spread abroad. And to have all of them demons cast out and he's now clothed in his right mind, I'm sure the news spread like wild fire. We don't know too much about Isha. All we know is that she had an issue of blood. She had a flow of blood for 12 long years. I had calculated the the, the weeks. I had calculated the days and the months. My notes are not coming up, no problem, because I got the word on the inside of me. But if you think about somebody suffering, we look at it, oh, they suffered for 12 years. Okay, they don't live in years. They live in minutes and hours and days and weeks and months, then years. We can't just say she suffered for 12 years. Let's go all the way down to the minutest of detail. She was suffering for a long time. As long as that little girl had been alive, that woman had been suffering. She had an issue of blood, and she had spent everything that she had on physicians, and they couldn't heal her. Instead of making her better, she grew worse. So now she was broke, and she was worse. So let's stop and put a face to Isha. This woman with an issue. I love this woman. I studied her out for long, for many, many years. I studied her out because it was something about her strength of character that captivated my mind. There is no way in the world that you can go through something like that for that long, isolated from Everybody because you're unclean. That meant as long as you're bleeding, you can't be around nobody, you can't sleep in the bed with nobody, you can't touch nobody. Anything you touch becomes unclean. Anywhere you sit, nobody can even sit there. So we don't know about Isha. We don't what we do know, what we can surmise is the girl has some money. Because she had 12 years worth of money to go back and forth. Y'all know how them copays pays are. She had 12 years worth of money to go back and forth to all kinds of physicians. To the degree that now she's almost like a human guinea pig. Because now they're just trying to experiment now to try to find out why is this girl hemorrhaging? Now, here's the revelation. We got to stop. We, we, because they don't give her a name, sometimes we don't see a face, and sometimes we don't really get the real gravity of why she was pressing. It wasn't just that she wanted to be healed. She had lost everything. She was bankrupt of everything. If she had a husband, her husband couldn't even touch her. He couldn't even sleep in the same bed with her. How many know most of the time a man ain't going to go for 12 years? Y'all not going to say nothing. So maybe he divorced her. I'm just trying to help us to understand that Isha was a real person, just like we're a real person. And it doesn't matter how long we go through stuff, we need to know that there is a blessing Impressing because he's God, period. If she had kids, she couldn't wipe the tears from their eyes. She couldn't wipe the sweat from their brow. She couldn't hug them. She couldn't touch them. She couldn't sit down at the dinner. She couldn't play with them. She couldn't comb their hair. If she had siblings, if she had a mother, a father, a friend, she couldn't sit down and have coffee. She couldn't go to Thanksgiving dinner. She couldn't go to Christmas. She couldn't go to the family functions. She couldn't go to the mall. She couldn't go to the Starbucks. She could not go anywhere because she is isolated. But she heard about Jesus, the one that can heal that man, Godera, And he was notable for healing. Now, she knew that she was ceremonially unclean, which in the Jewish custom, you can't be around anybody. But she knew at this point in time, what's the worst can happen? I ain't got nobody. I can't can't even go back to the doctor. But I can get in the press and press my way because there's a blessing in pressing Let's look at this scripture. It said, Esha came up from behind him and touched the hem of his garment. Jairus didn't have to come from behind because everybody knew who he was. When they saw him come and they moved out of the way, they prioritized the way, come on up. But Isha, let's stop and think about her. She's nameless and she's faceless. And you don't even know nothing about her until she touches the hem of his garment. This word touch means she latched on to it. She grabbed on to the hem of his garment. She didn't just barely touch it. She grabbed on. She held on to the hem of his garment, which was indicative of saying, I know who you are. Because the scrolls tell me, the scripture tells me, that there is healing in your wings. These tassels, which were on the border of his prayer shawl, were known as the wings. So she knew that there was healing in his wings. So according to scripture, she said and she kept saying. She said and she kept saying saying, remember we learned about the ad infinitum? You do it over and you do it over and you do it over again. So I can imagine her. When I grew up, the way that they taught the lesson to us is that she was just crawling on the ground and touching the hem of his garment, which, you know, we think the hem of our garment is just the the flap under of our skirt. But I need you to get a revelation. It wasn't the flap under of his skirt. It was the tassel on his prayer shawl. Remember, he teaches us to go into your closet. Your closet is that prayer shawl. Go into your closet privately. Do you understand how much prayer had gone under, into, under that prayer shawl? Do you know how much power is there? She said, if he's the Messiah, and I believe he is, and there's healing in his wings, when I touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. What else would push her to press like that? Because if anybody recognized her, they she, was, she was deserving to be stoned. She could have been stoned right there on the spot. What would get her, what would cause her to be in the press that way? Because she knew that anything that she touched became unclean. She didn't just barely tap. She grabbed the tassel of his garment. Let's get a a revelation of Esha. Esha was not trying to make Jesus unclean. She was tapping into the promises from the promise giver and the promise keeper. So as they taught us, she got in the press and she began to press her way because there is a blessing in pressing. If this girl could be mentally tough to go through all of that in 12 years and still have the consciousness of mind to latch on to the promise giver and the promise keeper, how much more us? She didn't have the King James version of the Bible sitting on her coffee table. She didn't have the the uh, the podcasts and the CDs and the tapes. She didn't have the the TV shows and the the uh, Facebook lives. But she knew who he was. Now let's bring that to where we live. We know that God is not only a promise giver, but he's a promise keeper. And we have to sometimes press through difficult situations. We press through because there is a blessing in the pressing. So, all the mob was pressing up against Jesus, all of, the, all of the crowd. And when she grabbed that tassel, after everybody pressing up against him on the way to J. Iris's house, he stops en route on a mission to heal that man's 12 year old daughter. He stops straight in his tracks. So here's a Pastor Andreaism. Everything fades the black. Now all you see is Jesus and Esha. She grabbed his tassel, the tassel on his prayer shawl. And he said, who touched me? She touched his hem, but he said, who touched him? She touched his H E M. H I M. Because her faith went through into the supernatural realm to extract the promise from God, because God is not only a promise giver, He's a promise keeper. She knew who Jesus was, she knew that there was a blessing in the pressing. So she said, and she kept saying, if I could just, have you ever been there? If I could just, if I could just touch the hem of his garment. If I could just touch the hem of his garment. In other words, she was saying, she was saying when I touch this robe, when I touch this tassel, I'm about to be made whole. And she kept talking to herself because it looked like an impossibility to get up to him. She wasn't notable like J. Iris, where they parted and just let him come on up. She had to come from the back. She had to bring up the rear. Have anybody ever felt like you're bringing up the rear? But she's decided, I'm not going to leave until you bless me. She sounded like Jacob. I'm not going to let go until you bless me. Because there is a blessing in pressing. Freeze frame. All you see now is Jesus. And you see the woman. You don't even notice the crowd anymore because he said, who touched me? The touch of faith went through the hymn, H-E-M, went through to him, H-I-M, and extracted healing virtue from him. The scripture says immediately the fountain of her blood stanched. It stopped immediately. Hold up, wait a minute. She's been bleeding for 12 years? That's a lot of suffering. That's menstrual cramps. That's backaches. That's chills. That's anemia. That's mental anguish. That's abandonment. That's rejection. That's being ignored. That's being overlooked. All the while, you're steady trying to get well. But what I love about Isha, even after all of that, she did not quit. So I'm here (laughs) to jerk quit out of you. It doesn't matter how long it has been. Listen, listen. It doesn't even matter how long you have suffered. It's time to press so that you can get your bless. It's time to go from touching H E M to touching H I M. Nobody around him understood why he stopped on a mission to heal that 12 year old girl, but he said that touch right there was different. That one. Extracted healing virtue out of me. Everybody was touching him, but they weren't touching him with their faith. I said, Everybody was touching him, but they were not touching him with their faith. Sometimes people are in the crowd because it's the popular thing to do, they want to be seen next to Jesus, they want to be seen in the crowd. But this is what I appreciate about this girl. The very thing that was blocking her to get to Jesus, she used it as leverage to break through to Jesus. The very thing that was blocking her from getting to Jesus, she used it as leverage to get to Jesus. Said that the crowd was thronging, right? So I believe she was thronging right with them and almost like the matrix. Getting through, pressing through, because there's a blessing in pressing, and she touched the hem of his garment. But when she touched him, H-E-M, she literally touched H-I-M. Let us leverage every single solitary thing that we know Every single solitary thing that we know so that we can press. Feels like a press sometimes, but you've got to leverage it. You've got to leverage the things that you're going through to get through to what you really want. I don't really want the H-E-M. I really want the H-I-M. From touching him to touching him because there's a blessing in the Pressing, he stopped in his tracks and said, who touched me? That touch right there was, I know all y'all touched me. That touch right there is different. When the woman, see, and he, he wasn't saying that he didn't know who she was. I believe he was looking right at her like, who touched me? Now let me publicly restore you. You've been abandoned. You've been rejected. You've been overlooked. You've been scrutinized. You've been ostracized. Let me just restore everything back to you. Who touched me? And the woman, seeing that she could no longer be healed, she came and she told it all. Now, here's the funny story. I'm going to pick up on it on Sunday. She told it all. You know how people testify when they get the microphone. But don't forget, Jesus was on the mission. To go here to, well, what had happened was about 12 years ago, and so she told it all. And he said, Daughter. Remember? She didn't even have a name. She was ostracized. She was criticized. She was overlooked. She was neglected, rejected, dejected. Now, everybody know, he said, Daughter. Hmm. That, that kind of restore your reputation a little bit, doesn't it? That, he, he said your faith has made you whole, meaning nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing broken. Everything you lost, you got it all back. Everything you lost, you got it all back. Everything you lost, you got it all back, you lost, you it all back in one transaction of your faith. I'm here to encourage you today. There's a blessing in pressing. Every head bowed, every eye closed in prayer. I trust that word blessed your life. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. Don't forget to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. And I want you to know that at Destiny Faith Church, we're more than a church. We're a family.